Hey, y'all. Welcome to Latte and Laundry. I'm Suzanne Bilodeau, and I am so honored to be with you here as we navigate motherhood, wifehood, sisterhood, and everything in between. This is a podcast for my fellow imperfect people who want to grow in greater communion with our most perfect God. So join me and my friends as we laugh, cry, dive deep, and explore with one another as we journey towards stilling our souls while moving our world. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode here at Latte and Laundry. I'm your host, Suzanne, your friend, your fellow sister in Christ. And I'm just, to be honest, you guys, I'm just so delighted this this Advent season to be journeying alongside Mama Mary. As I discussed last week, she's just become a more integral part of my my faith life, my walk with Christ. Mary is just like cracking open and moving things within me in the most beautiful, um, sometimes hard, but very intimate way. And it's just really been a tender place in my own prayer life lately. So I'm just really excited to walk alongside Mary, accompany her this Advent season. This this time, this, you know, since the visitation um, or the annunciation from Gabriel, to through the visitation, through the nativity, it's just such a monumental part of Mary's cooperation with God's plans for the story of salvation. And so I just feel so honored and delighted to walk alongside her. So before uh, we dive into our topic this week more, I want to open us up with our Bible verse, which again is going to be lengthy this week and probably next week too, as we go through a lot of the story Um with regards to the birth of Jesus and Mary's um, cooperation with that. So let me open this up. This week it's going to be Luke chapter 1, continuing on, verse 39 through 45. And it says, In those days Mary set out and journeyed in haste into the hill country to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. Then Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why am I so greatly favored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? For behold, the moment that the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that what the Lord had said to her will be fulfilled. Okay, you guys. First of all, I just love Elizabeth in this and I adore Mary. And last week we talked about obedience, diving into just this idea on of listening to God's call on our heart and paying attention to what he has put right in front of us. It's being obedient to those big calls, those big movements of the Holy Spirit and also being obedient to the present moment, what God has in store for us right here and right now. And it's just an invitation, especially this Advent season, which we've talked about can get crazy and busy. And one minute we could feel the peace and the joy and listening to Christmas music and delighting with our children. And then all of a sudden, the whirlwind of all that we have to get done, all that we think we need to accomplish can completely overwhelm us and tailspin us into being a hasteful, rushed um, person That's that oftentimes we get really... Um, frustrated and annoyed and disgruntled at all that is set out in front of us. And this is just an invitation to slow down, hush a little bit this this Advent season and to be obedient to what God has in store for us. And now this week, I want to move on to really reflecting on Mary's ability to be a 
to take action. Humble servant action. Now, last week we talked about being obedient. We can hear these calls on our heart. We can see what God has in store for us. And a lot of times the Holy Spirit whispers something in our heart, whether it's recalling a friend we haven't talked to in years or someone that we should reach out to or something that um, we wanted to do that we knew in the stirring of our hearts was important, but we just haven't gotten around to. And I'll be honest, you guys, with so much on our plates, it's so easy to shove down um, these callings by the Holy Spirit on our heart. Whether it's a big action, whether it's a big change in your life, he may be tapping on your shoulder and whispering in your ears, or maybe it's something just really small and tiny, but has grand um, and beautiful effects on that we don't see on this side of the veil, right? And this is just a, um, a reminder to us to actually take action. And I love it because, you guys, if you think about it, and now we don't know, right? We can't, we can speculate, but we don't know all of what Ma- Mary's pregnancy was like. But I am just imagining that Mary has now conceived Jesus, right? She's in the first trimester of her pregnancy. And she is, she could be nauseous, tired, <laughs> exhausted. But what does she do? She has learned that her cousin, who we know is of old age, is carrying a child and is in her sixth month. So what does Mary do? She journeys in haste to the hill country in Judah. Now, maybe Joseph went with her. Maybe she was alone. Regardless of the exact details of what Mary was experiencing, it was likely not easy for her to take off and go tend to to her cousin, Elizabeth. And yet this is what she did. I'll be honest, you guys, and, and my my husband and my kids know this. In my first trimester of pregnancy, I the last thing I do is look for who I can serve. And I'm not saying this means you need to ignore your own physical needs because God, you are serving that child within when you tend to your own your own physical body needs. However, there's something incredibly beautiful about Mary's heart who forgets herself and runs to her cousin, right? And um, there's this quote by Richard Foster that says, each activity of daily life in which we stretch ourselves on behalf of others is a prayer in action. And I was thinking about this the other day because I don't know what happened, but I was woken up by the baby at one something in the morning and I had some things swirling around in my mind the day before. So being woken up in the middle of the night, I usually could sleep pretty well because I'm a pretty exhausted mama, but I could not get back to sleep. I was still up at 1 a.m. And yet there was so much um, throughout the rest of the day. I might have looked like a zombie, but I was quietly trying not to complain as we've t- we talked about last week and to just stretch myself even though I was so exhausted all day and the hubs was good at bedtime when he saw me or like near bedtime when he saw me like looking like a zombie and he was like oh my gosh just go lay down in the bed and I'll handle the rest so I was blessed in that way however throughout the day I really didn't mention try not to mention to the children because I this is how I normally operate you guys Something like this happens, i up since 1 a.m., and I just whine and complain about it to everybody all day. That's like my typical MO. 
well, I've been up since 1 a.m., so I've been up since 1 a.m. and tell the kids, guys, you're going to have to be gentle with mom today since I have been up since 1 a.m. And not that it's not okay to invite people into our struggles or how we may be suffering or just want to sometimes commiserate for the sake of commiserating. However, I keep feeling this, this call on my heart, my word of the year is hush, to quietly continue to serve without explanation, without complaint, without whining and grumbling like I so often can, and to just stretch myself out on the behalf of others. And that, my friends, like Richard Foster said, is a prayer in action. Mary running to her cousin Elizabeth is a prayer in action that she did with our Savior in her womb. Now, I want to move on, actually, to... um, move to Luke 1, 46 through 56, which is the Magnificat. And it says, my soul, this is Mary, right? My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliest of his servants. Henceforth, all generations will call me blessed. The mighty one has done great things for me and holy is his name. His mercy is shown from age to age to those who fear him. He has shown the strength of his arm. He has rooted those who are arrogant in the desires of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has come to the aid of Israel, his servant, ever mindful of his merciful love, according to the promises he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. And then it says in the closing of this um verse it says Mary remained with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned to her home okay there's a couple things I want to point out here where she says the lowliest of his servants Mary who has just received the king of the universe in her womb now, how, how tempting would it be for us? How easy would it be for us when we would be so honored to look at our own greatness, to, to reflect on, well, of course he's in my womb because he, mu- he chose me. Now, obviously, God chose Mary as the mother of God because she embodies perfection. She embodies the feminine genius her humility, her joy, her servanthood is so big. So it makes sense that she would respond in this way. And this is why it's so important for us and beautiful for us for us to reflect on Mary and to walk with her and to ask her to accompany us in our own homes this Advent season because she is a model of teaching us the humble servant way. We know when Christ showed up, he himself was nothing but a humble servant. And we see this first in his own mother as she receives him in her womb. And I think one of the reasons I love Elizabeth in, um, in the prior Bible verse that I talked about so much is because I think we can all relate that sometimes female relationships, sisterhoods, although they are so life-giving and beautiful, the enemy knows how to destroy how to how to um, weasel his way into our hearts and in our relationships, especially those that can be life-giving and pour out the love of Christ by comparison, by 
building up our insecurities, by really feeding our pride so that we don't love with generosity and a humility, but with um, a judgmental or a jealous eye. And what I love Elizabeth so much, she says, here she is, right? So excited that she has her child. She is old of age and she has finally conceived a son, right? John the Baptist. And instead of making it about herself when Mary arrives, all she can do is greet Mary with the greatest hail, the greatest reverence, for she can see who Mary is is, um, holding within her womb, Christ, her own Savior, right? And so she says, why am I so greatly favored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? She reflects on the gift from God that Mary, who is carrying Jesus Christ, should come visit her. Instead of reflecting on, well, why does, why, I'm so grateful that I have a, a child, but why don't I have the king of the universe in my womb and she has the prophet? You know, I think we, we know these women are holy. This is why God has chosen them. And yet we forget how easy it could be in our own modern day for our hearts to turn wayward with jealousy or pride or insecurities. And I think this, the cousinhood, the sisterhood, and this, the beautiful love that Mary and Elizabeth have for one another, but that pours from the overflowing cup that they have within for their love of Christ first. So that they don't even see themselves, they don't see the comparison, and they just feel beyond blessed, humbled, and grateful for their part of the story of salvation that God has invited them to. That Mary should even be in the presence of Elizabeth with Christ within her is something that Elizabeth is completely overwhelmed by. And I want to put a link, I think I'm going to put the link in my show notes, I hope I remember too, of this beautiful modern painting of the visitation and the joy between Mary and Elizabeth. And legit, you guys, it could make me cry. Because there's something so beautiful, this exuberating joy for one another, for the gift of God that comes from these two women. And I think it's, a, again, a beautiful invitation to us this Advent season to have the humility of heart to love um, those in front of us, those that might be doing more with their kids for crafts this holiday season, those that might bake way better cookies than we or ourselves can bake, those that host or those that are quiet in their homes, whatever it may be, instead of letting the enemy who loves to make us feel unworthy and small, let hit, let God's love and joy and Mary and Elizabeth be an invitation for our hearts to rejoice in the goodness that God is doing in and through our fellow sisters in Christ, right? And I think like as we move on in the next like week or two, um, I know this is something that's really true for myself. I want to take some time to um, move with the action that Mary moved with, but to not forget the humility component of it. 
So whether it is that you do, whether you have traditions this Advent season with your children, whether you do bake cookies for neighbors or, or go sing at the nursing home or just love the people in your home really well by rejoicing in the goodness of this season, whatever it is that you are intentional about during your Advent season, I think this is an invitation to do it. Listen to the call on God's heart. Take action in the small or the big ways, but to do it with the humility that we see within Elizabeth and Mary. You don't need to post all the grand things that you're doing this Advent season on Instagram. You don't need to make sure everybody knows that you served and that your kids sang Christmas carols at the nursing home. It's so tempting and it's great. It's great if it's just mid-conversation and the Holy Spirit moves and opens the doors in those ways that you're talking about what it is that you and your kids do. But we are not here to prove anything to anybody but to love God himself by loving our neighbor. And if you feel like it, you're exhausted and your time is is stretched, you don't have a lot to give of yourself um, by serving in these in these actual tangible ways this Advent season, be gentle on yourself. Because if you cannot do all that you think needs to get done in a day, this is a reminder that maybe you're trying to do more than God has asked you to. But there's this great quote by Mother Teresa, a very simple quote that says, If you can't feed a hundred people, then feed just one. If you can't make dozens of cookies for neighbors, maybe there's one person this holiday season that you know someone who doesn't have as much family maybe somebody who's lonely maybe somebody who that would just be so touched by the attention of being thought of this advent season maybe you just feed that one and maybe not literally feed them a meal or cookies but you just take time to pray through how can you show that one person the love of christ this advent season And remember, friends, that um, God's calling us to always love as Mary did and as Elizabeth did. And what, again, I love at the end of the Bible verse um, that we we read here, it says, Mary remained with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned to home. You guys, it is no coincidence that she remained for about three months. Elizabeth was in her sixth month when Mary learned of her pregnancy in the Annunciation. Mary stayed and wanted to remain so that she could um, pour out her love on Elizabeth for the remainder of her pregnancy. And she was probably there. Who knows? But she could have been there for the birth of John the Baptist. It makes completely complete sense here. And I just like only imagine in my heart the love between these two women and their sons and that Mary may have been there with Elizabeth as she welcomed in her <laughs> her miracle child in her late age and how much Mary probably loved serving her and delighting in her during her own early pregnancy and if she's anything like many of us it might quite quite literally be as sick as a dog and yet she wanted to be there for Elizabeth during her time of need and um 
there's this uh, great quote by St. John of the Cross, who is like one of my favorite saints. I really think I want to do some sort of study on St. John of the Cross. One of these, like maybe one of my summer book studies or something. I don't know. But I am obsessed with him and I love him. He met me in a really dark place I was experiencing about a year and a half ago. And it was a really hard season in my life. And St. John of the Cross really um, met me there. And helped to minister to my soul and keep my high, my heart and my eyes on Christ. And so I love him dearly. And he has this quote about serving God where he says, The soul of the one who serves God always swims in joy, always keeps holiday, and is always in the mood for singing. And I know this is true for myself. When I have done a good job throughout the day of serving my kids with humility and with peace, not a disgruntled annoyance. And you guys, every day can look really different in my home because I am human and frail and trying to pick myself up one moment at a time. But when I have done it with the peace of Christ in my heart of serving just the people that he laid out for me and within my own home, forget outside the home, man, do I feel good. Man, do I want to blast that Christmas music. Man, am I in the mood for singing. And so (laughs) St. John of the Cross is so right. And I think this is just a call for us this, this Advent season to allow ourselves to serve and love others so that we can always swim in joy, always be keeping holiday and always be in the mood for singing. And this is also just kind of a reminder. And I know not everybody has the luxury to say we're taking off most of Advent from school to just delight and bake cookies and serve people and read good Christmas books and really enter into this awaiting the coming of Christ himself. I know that is a gift and a treasure that I have been blessed with being able to make that decision. So if you can, great. If you cannot, that's not what God is asking of you right now. But I think as we like have talked a lot about taking action, humble servant action to serve others in our home or outside our home, I think we need to just remember that the heart of charity is the most important part of any service we will ever do. So that the actions, it's so it's less so about the actions and more so about the heart behind the actions. And Mother Teresa says, love begins at home. And it is not how much we do, but how much love we put in that action. So as you bake your cookies or you read stories to your children or you go serve people this Advent season or you go attend your children's Christmas pageant, whatever it may be that you delight in um, entering into this Advent season in, remember, it's less so about the checklist and getting all the things done you wanted to say. You told people you'd bake a bunch of cookies for the cookie swap or the cookie party, or you usually, every year you deliver, um, my thing I always do with some of our close intimate friends is truffles. It's less so about the truffles and more so about the heart behind the gift that you do for people right not much how not how much we do but how much love we put in that action all right my friends um as always it's a delight and a treat for me to be with you guys here and next week we'll be wrapping up this little this little mini series of accompanying mary um in our in our journey in advent this year and i just i pray and hope that we can all this this um, Advent season really have a create our own quiet Nazareth, 
not just in our own homes, in the quietness and the stillness of the domestic life, but in our hearts, a quiet, hushed Nazareth this Advent season. So let me pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, I thank you so much for um, just the gift of these, these lovely women here. I praise you for the treasure that Mary and Elizabeth were for one another and what a model and um, inspiration they are for loving and serving with a humble, obedient action. I pray that we can continue this holiday season to let go of the chains of comparison, pride, jealousy, that the enemy so often desires to keep us bound and locked up in. And instead we can let go, tending to the little Nazareth in our own hearts, in our own homes, to love our spouse, to love our children, and anybody else that you place in front of us during this Advent season. I pray that we can just be an instrument of Christ's love his boundless joy, his gracious mercy, and his beautiful delight as we accompany those in our own lives while we keep Mary close to our own hearts as we approach Christmas this year. I ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, friends, as always, this was such a delight. Um, but I'll be honest, I'm getting a lot of emails um, and even just talking to like friends I know in person where we are all struggling. Um, it's hard. And I feel like I just want to do a whole other podcast on that. You guys, I'm legit recording this podcast in a parking lot right now. And... Um, a bunch of cars are just like coming up at me and I'm feeling really embarrassed that I have a microphone in the back of a car recording an episode. Uh, there it is for you guys. Real. Hashtag real life. Okay. Um, but um, I just want to like really encourage you guys during these last few weeks of Advent to um, to let Jesus really love you because he delights in you so much. Regardless how, how imperfect your your career is, how imperfect your marriage is, how imperfect your motherhood is. And just let him really love you because it's in receiving his love that we can um, love first and foremost ourselves and then pour out that love unto those around us. So I hope you guys have a blessed week. And don't eat too much cookies because I might be. (laughs) And I look forward to catching up with all you guys next week. God bless. Bye.